Hello and welcome to Live Fix Radio. This is Chris. This is Colleen. And uh, we are here with our first episode of 2013. So we made it uh, into a brand new new year. We made it. We're into the next year. Yeah, we're here. The next chapter uh, of our, our amazing lives. Yes. Discovering. Live music. Being educated. Concerts. Exploring. You name it. So we're glad to have you with us on this episode, and uh, we have a pretty amazing year uh, ahead of us. Uh, we, we've spent uh, the last few weeks kind of uh, mapping out the year, making sure we got a lot of good shows up for you guys, and uh, we have uh, some pretty stellar people uh, in line ready to uh, rock your world, uh, get you ready for music, make you think a little bit differently about your live music experiences, kind of tantalize you a little bit, you know, make you, give you a little salvation going on about your uh, upcoming concerts. We're going to also make sure we dive back into history. Yes, yes. I think that's one thing that we learned uh, kind of looking back at uh, the previous year was that um, we did get a lot, of, uh, uh, a lot of people, a lot of new people coming into uh, to the blog um, because of the history. You know, the history notes that uh, you've been writing, uh, Colleen, as the uh, local uh, history buff. Rock historian, maybe. Uh, of uh, Live Fix. So um, your excellent writing and curiosity about live music history has uh, uh, brought us some uh, new, new listeners, uh, new, new, new people to the community. So, um, so we're going to bring those experiences uh, and explorations, historical flashbacks and kind of all that kind of stuff here uh, to the podcast uh, with, with some uh, – we're, we're going to drop some knowledge basically of uh, uh, history. Um, I think you guys are going to enjoy that. Um, so you're going to want to uh, listen closely throughout the rest of the year as we bring people on to uh, give you all that goodness. Uh, but this this show, so everybody knows what this weekend is, right? Um, Colleen, you know what's, what's happening tomorrow? Yes, we have uh, Sunday Super Bowl right. football. Yep. So we have the big game. Everybody refers to it as the big game. Uh, some great commercials, know, uh, great you know, food. Some people even watch the game and they don't even realize that it's you know not just about commercials. You know, so you could even not even care about football uh, and, and not about commercials. But there's an event that's happening in between the uh, the football playing, and it's called the halftime show. So for those of you who are not familiar with the halftime show, uh, this is where. Um, you know the NFL, uh, which is a non great artists go to die. Right, which is a nonprofit organization, but where great artists go to die, or great artists are resurrected, right? They kind of bring people back. I guess you're right. Some you of know? them are resurrected, but right. for the most part, it's right. kind of where the it's been a little last, you know the end of the road for some. Uh well, it's the road that keeps going on, you know, it's some of these. But anyways, so. And, and not to slight any of the past performers, you know, um, but uh, th- this year, uh, the halftime show, you know, as we have, you know, social media c- continues to be a, a big factor in, in engagement and getting fans and people into the show, not just on their couches watching this thing, but up off their couches or at least enjoying, you know, enjoying the, uh, the second. Uh, or at th- least having their laptop there while they're watching the show. Exactly. Or just, their iPad. Right. I was just going to say the second and third screen. Which or their is, iPhone, right? Which or is, their Droid phone, right? or your any smartphone that there's numerous out there that you might be sitting with while you're yeah. watching the game. Yeah. So on this show, we're going to talk about you know Beyonce. She's she's the headliner for the uh, Super Bowl show, and we're going to get into a little bit of history, a little bit of the you know there's a little bit of drama here, a little bit of controversy that um, you know uh, has been 
talked about before, so we're going to get a little in, into that, and then uh, you know also, you know we're going to uh, we're going to talk about some some pretty cool crowdsourcing things because what uh, there's an element of this Super Bowl halftime show that Pepsi is sponsoring that is um, uh, uh, crowdsourced. So we're going to get into some actual real examples of what I believe is you know uh, uh, concert fans and musicians and uh, you know everybody. Uh, venue owners, uh, you know, tech uh, tech people, really putting their you know putting their heads together and coming up with some cool things to you know, actually crowdsource concerts um, with with that. So uh, awesome show! So let's get let's get going here. We got some uh, music news. Uh, uh, our first piece of music news here is, uh, you know, of course we talked a lot about this festival uh, on the uh, on the podcast before, and it's none other than Pitchfork Music Festival. Uh, happening in uh, Chicago. We've been there a bunch of times, and they just recently announced uh, some initial headliners. Um, and these are kind of interesting headliners. Uh, I think one in particular is uh, kind of caught me off guard, and uh, that's why I wanted to, you know, put it as our uh, our, our news item because it's kind of interesting. We've we've talked a lot about R. Kelly before, and um, you know he has uh, he has a history in Chicago. He does. You know? And he has a history uh, negatively <laughs> and positively. Right, right, right. So I think mostly it's, negative, but right, we'll, right. we'll throw in the positive. But his fans for keep coming back. Yes, that that's what amazes me. You know, and and I've wa- I've never seen him in concert before, and I think this might be the first time that I see R. Kelly in concert because I want to experience what it is he does to a crowd. Because I've watched this thing on TV, like he just like what he does with women, like during. His it's concerts his voice. His is voice. just is just is just something to behold, you know. And and I sure. and and I I, I, I want to experience that. So I'm like, wow, Pitchfork is going to be introducing R. Kelly into, uh, you know, into Union Park, you know. So I think that's pretty cool. The other headliner is the indie uh, hipster capital of of the world is going to allow R. Kelly to to join. I think Pitchfork is losing that a little bit. I, I think they're trying to. This is kind of an interesting pick, you know, um, to go that to go that way. But uh, I think um, Bjork is a, is another uh, the other headliner is you know I've never seen her before and hopefully we get a chance to, to see her you know she's uh, been on her big tour and uh, one of the other interesting things that she's doing is actually a uh, Kickstarter campaign for uh, kind of the evolution of the biophilia concept you know this whole thing that uh, you know uh, she's incorporating uh, technology into this concept of uh, you know. Feeling life more, you know, just it's pretty pretty interesting stuff. So, she, this Kickstarter campaign is is designed to uh, uh, evolve that a little bit more into a uh, iPhone and uh, Android and or, or as actually a um, uh, Windows app. So maybe by the time that uh, this uh, Pitchfork show goes on, uh, more fans will have the opportunity to kind of uh, collaborate and uh, you know crowdsource the uh, the show. And then you know Bell and Sebastian, you know they're uh, they're they're uh, you know they're kind of an interesting pick too as well. Uh, not too surprising, but uh, they definitely have a lot of roots and uh, influences in the uh, indie rock. For me, I feel like crowd. they're kind of the start of indie for me personally. Bell and Sebastian, yeah, I, mean, really? I think that's How the so? first. Well, that was the first time I listened to an indie band. I listened to them. Really? So that was kind of my introductory into Vampire Weekend. Have, weekends have you and... seen them live before? I have never seen them live. No. Oh. No, but I've always thought they would be a great band to see live. Interesting. Well, I'm I'm looking forward to that. You know, I think every time we do a show here, I, I learn something new about you. Um, never never ceases to amaze me with uh, with that. But um, speaking of uh, 
being amazed and something that uh, you're Well, I'm, I'm super there's, excited. There, there was an announcement because, uh, that you were... You I'm, I'm super excited because New Kids on the Block. Yeah. Take it and, away. And uh, Boys to Men and 98 Degrees are touring. And um, it was kind of announced at some... Um, on some uh, daytime TV. Yeah. Okay, we all know. they got to make a big splash with this. Yes. I mean... Yes, and their, their main audience is obviously women, and the majority of women are home. Now, is that true? Is that true? Has anybody done any studies on that? Or are you just assuming that? Well, I, I don't know. I'm just, I mean, maybe sexist. I'm just kind of assuming that, but... Yeah. I don't want to um, assume that, you know? But, you know, I, I loved it. I mean, I, I went back. When I heard it, I was like, oh, you know, oh, my God, I need to... I mean, that's like my childhood right there. Yeah, yeah. I wonder <laughs> if... Uh, like, I remember yeah. singing, singing all those songs and oh, yeah. listening to them on the radio. And, I mean, there's memories. The to dance, like, right? Song. Everybody does the dance. So, you know, absolutely. Right? So, I'm... You know, I know New Kids on the Block has toured before. This isn't the first time they've toured, but... Right. This is, like have, a, this is like a mega tour. But to have the... The collaboration of all three bands oh, is yeah. just like almost too much. Oh yeah. Because when they came around, I mean, I didn't see them. I was too young, really. I think really to go see them. You can persuade your parents to take you. I mean, and I don't know if we could even gotten tickets. I mean, they're all they're all multi platinum. I mean, hard to get tickets at the time. Yeah. yeah. So it'd be like trying to see Justin Bieber or Taylor Swift now. Yeah. You know, there's it's just a, they sell out really quick and they're very expensive. So. Um, so I hope to get a chance to go and, um, and yeah, you guys should check them out in the town, you know, where you live. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it should be a great tour and, uh, lots of stories, you know, so if you're heading out to this show, uh, and you plan to go check these out, we definitely want to hear some of your stories, you know, what, uh, some of your anticip, you know, what you're anticipating, things like that. Uh, you know, we'd love to hear what you guys are, uh. They're older. I'll, I'll say that much. I, mean, I know. Most I know. people I've been talking to, you know. Well, a big part of their show is a lot of the choreographing, right? And can you can they still move around like they once like they, they look once like did, they're right? in decent shape. You know, have they been training? I mean, they look like they're in decent shape, but they look older. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. Well, we'll see. Well, hopefully they age. They, they've aged nicely. If I run to you, would you stay? I might be a prototype, but we're both real inside. Would you take me up this time? So our next news item uh, is a uh, about Ra Ra Riot. So there's the uh, speaking of you when know, we're talking about indie bands and stuff like that. So. Uh, this is kind of interesting. They just released their new album uh, called Beta Love, uh, kind of a different uh, uh, you know, experiment with their uh, sound. Um, you know, they usually have uh, uh, strings and you know, really. Uh, They're missing a, you know, a, a more stylist. Right. Missing. They have a new lineup. You know, they have the same uh, same singer. Uh, uh, they have a new drummer, uh, and they are they have um, they no longer have the violinist that was or the uh, cellist mm-hmm. that um, was part of the group. And they definitely have a different sound now. You know, they have more, it's more synthesizers. Um, and uh, to introduce their new album and kick it off, they hosted a live uh, live stream show uh, from Brooklyn. Um, and this was presented by Bowery Live Presents. And the reason we want to share this with you is because this is kind of an interesting way, you know, if you're, um, you know, there, there's a lot of ways to watch online concerts, you know, on the, uh, on the web. And uh, we enjoyed watching it. You know, I think um, I didn't get a chance to listen to the full album before 
I saw the show. And to be honest, you know, I didn't, I wasn't feeling the songs right away. Um, but after the show, you know, I, I listened to the album a little bit more to kind of, kind of get to it. You know, kind of, kind of soak it up a little bit. Um, uh, what, what did you think about the show? I, I, I honestly love them. I mean, I felt like mm-hmm. I was there seeing them again. I mean, I've seen them two or three times now. Um, they had great lighting. I think that's. I guess I didn't realize that when I was there um, seeing them live. But on TV, I mean, they had some great lighting, some great effects. Um, and, but but I wasn't. I didn't. I don't know. I'm a huge Rara Riot fan. Um, but I'm not sure. I, I feel like something's missing. You know, their their original drummer is. You know, um, unfortunately, f- has died. The very first drummer. So we we initially saw. You know, this is. I love talking about Ra Ra Riot because we've kind of seen them from the very Progress. beginning. Yeah, we right. saw them at we like saw them a, at uh, Modown Festival. A, a, a kind of a, I don't know, New York festival that was kind of off the chart. It wasn't a, um, it was off the trail of music festivals. It wasn't music festival people yeah. were really talking about. Um, I mean, there were a lot of great bands there, but it wasn't a big one. And, you know, we saw them at yeah, the side well, stage. Yeah, and they weren't really, this was kind of, a lot of the bands on the bill back in this 2007 show, Modown, were kind of... Uh, uh, jam band, you know, and they were more of an indie rock kind of kind of band, and um, they had just come off of a you know the death of their uh, their original drummer, so they were kind of working these th- working that out, and you definitely felt that you felt that uh, you know that emotion, and and that's what I loved about that show in 2007, seeing them right up close, you know, right up next to the stage, just kind of watching them and learning about them for the first time, and. And that's uh, that's my connection to the band, you mm-hmm. know, kind of getting to see them from the very beginning well, and watching them evolve throughout their career over the last, you know, five, six years. The violinist that um, left, Alexandria Long, she left mm-hmm. in February, so recently, 2012, well, not recently, I guess that was last year, year 2012. Yeah. Um, and, and they a lot of critics, a lot of people who love Rara Riot are saying that the band was over after she left. I mean, people feel like she really brought... Hmm. A presence to the band that they don't have anymore. Wow. Um, and I can see that. I mean, that's not to me. I'm I'm kind of feeling that, seeing that. I like their new album. It's not my favorite. Um, I think they need that other. They need another um, violinist in there. That yeah. that really made up their sound. I, I would I would agree. I think they're you know um, they rely heavily on you know Wes Miles his voice. You know, really uh, speaks with a lot of emotion, and you know his voice is almost like another instrument. You know, in watching this show at the Bowery too, you really wanted to see, you know, how they are going to kind of evolve their, uh, you know, their the sound. band and right, sure. you know all this kind of stuff. And there were some funny moments. You know, we have uh, some we'll have some links to the show so you can watch it. Um, Bowery Live presents uh, repost the, the uh, these shows that they live stream, so you can go and check it out because there really were some funny moments. You know, I, I like what uh, the way Wes handles the crowd, and uh, he had some funny in song, you know, in between uh, song uh, conversations. With, and I would with the band, sign up you know? too for their. Um for their uh, emails, because I'm sure the Bowery presents mm-hmm. is also doing other ones in the future. Yeah, you can so, subscribe I mean, to their. It was pretty uh, awesome to be hooked up on our TV, flat screen TV, just sitting here, you know, watching a, a show. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, and you can uh, 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 subscribe to their YouTube channel. All right, so uh, before we get into our uh, history exploration, we got to talk a little, little bit about uh, you know this year Beyonce's, Beyonce's stealing, basically, or stealing well, we problem. We don't well. We don't know that yet. All we're saying is we're kind of laying some groundwork here, giving everybody a little bit, you know, something to think about because Beyonce has a history of 
copycat. Copycatism, you know, uh, or... So we can't say stealing. Or being inspired, you know, because we we, we go back, you know, and there was an Italian artist, if you go back to the Billboard Music Awards uh, last year, you know, she was accused of stealing the concept or completely copying and taking her little twist on it and using it as her own and somebody called her on it you know and there's a uh, we've done some experiments about this in the past so before everybody's watching the Super Bowl halftime show this year just want to you know represent that because we had the you know we had the controversy of uh, her at the you know the uh, inauguration you know uh, lip syncing uh, the national anthem uh, with a backing track right so again Beyonce has a history of well, so being he, inspired. But, so is, is okay. was she really inspired by this Italian artist or is she copycatting? Are we going to be watching a halftime show that is really her, you know, uh, copying someone else's, her being inspired? Because she walks that fine line, right? But don't most artists at, at, at a concert? Well, and I think some people feel like I mean, she should get a little grace after the whole lip singing slash backtracking controversy that occurred a lot of people feel as if she should have some grace at this point yeah so should we throw her under the bus again or you know is it is it fair to say that she is not any different than any other artist out there yeah that that's that's what we're trying to say here so we have an experiment going on on live fix with beyonce and we're excited that she's performing this year in the super bowl halftime show we want to continue this experiment we want everybody to watch the halftime show let us know what you think because I I do think that she will use some of her previous stage uh, design during the halftime show. And if you check out the show notes here in the, on the blog, you go to livefixblog.com and you, and you look for the Beyonce post here uh, or in the show notes on this podcast, uh, we'll have a link to that video that you can watch. And we're also after the Super Bowls. You know, we'll have some videos up so everybody can kind of watch together and see this and really just continue the experiment and conversation and um, you know, and of course, you know, they're probably, uh, you know, I think Beyonce, you know, probably to be doing some kind of tour or something like that after that, because that's usually what happens, you know, Madonna went on tour and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, even though this show, you know, she is doing this for free, there is still that, uh, component that, um, there's something in it for her, right? She's trying to get the word out about her music, but is Beyonce copycatting? You know, I mean, have you ever seen any artist has, has the Grateful Dead? Ever been accused of, of copycatting or being inspired? Like what 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 is that line? I no, mean, what, I don't I don't, I don't know there? too many artists that have, have what, run into the, that at all. I mean, I, you know, psychological breakdown. I'm sure it happens, that, you know? but I don't know. I can't think of too many artists that it's been as blunt as Beyonce. As you know blunt. I mean, or you think it's more subtle? well? If you look at the video of the um, lady that she copied, was it Italian artist? Yeah, pop artist. Yeah. A pop artist. I mean, it's it's almost verbatim. Yeah. what she did and um i don't i haven't seen that too often so yeah. I, I just think this is maybe a rare occurrence i don't know it, it's hard to say I mean, could I bob think... dylan be accused of copying you know the, the you know blues artists and i mean sure the i mean, Sto- I think I mean the rolling pieces. stones i mean led yes zeppelin. music Jeez, led zeppelin right music but this they is actually a, this is an actual performance that she has copied i think it's very different yeah. you can be inspired by someone's music the and use some of it but and she totally took the whole choreographed dance. <laughs> right, right. So, so that's, I mean, where, that's, you draw, where, that's think, where you draw the line. Yes. Yeah, I think criteria. music can overlap with each other. Of course, you can't have exactly the same, you know, notes that another artist had. That's stealing. 
but you can be. So in... is that like what you say? All hip hop artists are stealing. Stealing. Hip hop. No, I'm talking about musical notes. Musical. Yeah, but hip hop artists they sample. Sample stuff. I, and they get know. inspired by it. Or they reconstitute it. You're saying what Beyonce did is really just taking the paint off of someone else's picture and putting it on hers and putting a frame around it and calling it her own. Right. That's what you're essentially you're saying. Right. As opposed to taking a palette of colors and m- making your own art with Correct. the same colors that everybody else has. Correct. Okay. I'd really like to look deeper at this and see, what, you know, is there a cognitive psychological component to what she's doing? Maybe we can look at that on a later episode. But in any case, we got some history to go into. Because I know you have a lot of uh, history that you've uh, researched to kind of put this all in perspective, right? Absolutely. All right. So now we're going to talk about some uh, Super Bowl history. Because you, you, you can't fully enjoy this, this year's Super Bowl, any real Super Bowl, without a little bit of historical, uh, historical well, context. Well, obviously right? this hasn't been the first big halftime show. No, it's been I mean, going on is, for a long, long time. It's been going on for a while. Um, they've had shows... Dating all the way back to 1970s. Uh, most of it, though, even before that, most of it was just marching bands. So I'm going to focus mostly on the live performances. Right. And I think it really shapes kind of what was going on during that time. And um, some great historians say that um, what who's playing at the Super Bowl um, halftime show is really reflecting on pop culture during the time. Is that really true? That's what people, you know, kind of say when you're starting to look at the, the web and kind of sifting through articles. People feel like, um, big historians feel like it, it does shape um, how our, where our society's at, okay? And um, I think I think for some reason, you know, look, looking at Flash Forward and looking at what we have, um, what we're going to be seeing this weekend, you know, Beyonce, I think, does shape a little bit of what's going on. You know, we have an African-American president right now. Yeah. You know, we have um, a lot of uh, people that listen to her are now growing up and becoming mothers and becoming uh, parents. So this is a a step out of the normal Super Bowl halftime show where we were kind of in a a boomer, baby boomer type of halftime show. Yeah, And we're moving out of of that. Now we're getting into um, kind of our generation right now, you Mm -hmm. know, your 30s, your 40s, kind of what we listen to. And, um, and I think that's what we're going to start seeing as we age, uh, the performers may age. Um, you know, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised uh, to see Justin Bieber at one down the road if he continues to be a, a pop sensation. Yeah. Um, it doesn't seem like they're picking fresh, you know, fresh blood. It seems to be people that really approve themselves in the industry. Yeah, because you've got a wide audience. You're talking about millions and millions of people, and you can't just throw up, uh, you know, the latest, uh, you know, you, you can't go from Pitchfork Music Festival and, and then play the uh, Super Bowl halftime no, show. No, you have to do some, right. you know, you have, to, you have to do some work on the road. You, you, you got to have some work. You got to have star power. Yes. You know? Right. And, and it, it may never be Amer- and, and, an American Idol either. Yes. Yeah. We're not seeing that. You know, we're not, at this point, we're not seeing and the, uh, and the, American Idol winners. Right. And, and the Super Bowl halftime show is, is, uh, is a unique live music experience because it's 12 minutes long. That's it. It's probably one of the shortest right. concert experiences that uh, such a large amount of people will experience. It's, it's 12 minutes, and then that's it. And you also have to consider, too, that you know, the Super Bowl halftime show is probably one of the most highly anticipated concerts that people come to this thing with such high expectations. And we're only looking at 12 minutes of, of live music. 12 minutes of fame. 
Yeah. And I think it's a lot to put on an artist. Artist has to be, you know, able to do something interesting. You know, everybody wants to hear their favorite song. Everybody wants to be wowed. Everybody wants to be, like, you know, amazed. It's a big stage, right? So it's a hard show to play. Absolutely. But there's been many people that have played that. There has. The there has. There has. I know you. And it looks I, like you've got some I've got a list uh, I want to talk here. about. I want to talk about a little bit. Uh, I, I went through put, put kind this, of the highlights. Put this whole thing in context for us. Well, I went through the highlights because I figured... You know, not everyone wants to go do the research and, and look up this stuff. So it's kind of nice to know kind of what the history is. So Yeah, got to know where we're coming from. And again, these are just the highlights. But 1972, Ella Fitzgerald, um, Up With People, 1976. Yeah, we were watching some YouTube and, videos uh, of those. We'll looks, post uh, those. Kind of groovy. Kind of groovy. It's definitely groovy 1970s <laughs> uh, groovy watching type uh, dress and attire. Uh-huh, uh-huh. In 1979, Carnival actually was the main... Um, supporter of the Super Bowl, so uh-huh. there was a Caribbean theme. The, Cri- and, the, the the cruise line. Yes. People. Yes. Yeah. And so Ken Hamilton did a kind of tribute, kind of reggae style. Interesting. Um, tribute. So 1979. That, yeah, they, reggae they like to well, reggae was kind of coming into happening. mainstream, yeah. I guess. Right. That at that point. They tend to like to lump um, bands together. Right. You're looking at back all the history. What was the most what was the most surprising act that you realized played the Super Bowl and you know, halftime show that you're like, Wow, I didn't realize they did that and you wish you could go there and experience that halftime show. Which is the most interesting. Yeah, which one stood uh, out to you the well, most? I think Ella Fitzgerald sound sounded very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um and then I did realize that Michael Jackson um, in 1993, mm-hmm. headlined, um, but it was interesting because after he uh, performed, that's when they got like the superstars involved. Mm. Prior to that, you know, I mean, obviously Ella Fitzgerald is, is a legend in, in her own right, but um, they didn't, you know, prior to that, it was a lot of marching bands. They really weren't putting a lot of money towards the entertainment. Yeah. But as soon as the Michael Jackson one happened in 1993, kind of blew everything out of the water. So from then on, it was... So I would say that was most instrumental. That was probably the one thing that shocked me. Yeah, and, and, and throughout the history of, of the Super Bowl, it's um, nobody makes any money. The, star, they don't, the stars don't make any money for this. You know, we talked about that last year with Madonna. You know, she did the show for free. And same with Beyonce. You know, they're doing the show, quote-unquote, for free, where there's really no money to be made with this with this spot. You know, it's all paid by the advertisers. Uh, 2011, The Black Eyed Peas, mm-hmm. and then 2012, Madonna and LMFAO. See, what's interesting about the last, you know, two, year, two three years here, so uh, especially with The Black Eyed Peas, um, we've talked about the interesting things that social media has played, you know, the role here. Obviously, in, you know, from 2010, you know, uh, to this year, there's been some really significant advances in, in technology and social media, mobile, you know, the emergence of the third screen, kind of not just allowing people to watch it on television, but you got your laptops, your tablets, you got your mobile phones. 
everything up and up and uh, involved. And the Black Eyed Peas, they were doing a 3D show, so they had 3D elements built in where you could use your mobile phone. And I thought that was really cool because you really got to be creative with this kind of stuff, you know, and engage people at home and and and, and make it. That's why I'm kind of interested to see what Pepsi does this year in you know how they're quote unquote crowdsourcing the uh, the halftime show. So kind of uh, kind of interesting. So who, if you had a band to pick, who would you want to play at the Super Bowl? Well, I kind of looked at it like, like this. So there's some favorite bands, and, and, and there's um, two ways I look at this. One, there's bands that I would, lo- that, that would want to see, and there's bands that, you know, would they really be a good fit? You know, because some of my favorite bands wouldn't really necessarily be uh, on that big, a good fit for that big stage. Um, but some of the ones I think would be kind of interesting would kind of, uh, you know, keep things uh, honest. Um, I was thinking of um, last year Cornerstone, or not Cornerstone, uh, uh, Coachella. So we had the Tupac hologram, right? So I thought that this year that technology, it, it's clearly available, right? So I was expecting a little bit more of, uh, you know, why don't we have a Super Bowl halftime show where the artist is a hologram, right? You could have Jimi Hendrix. You could have Janis Joplin. uh, You could have um, any number of these artists come back. Bring Tupac back, you know. Bring bring them back on the Super Bowl. Louis Armstrong. Louis Armstrong, right? And any of these artists, classic artists, throw a hologram up there for 12 minutes, that's interesting, you know, and you could have people be captivated by that. And the thing's free anyways, right? So why go through all the, you know, the planning and all that and just give, give me give me Tupac. Give me or give, give me a Super Bowl halftime show hologram next year. I personally make it happen. Why can't, why can't we make that happen? You know, it's hard to pull off. I think it's hard to pull off. I mean, a three, you'd have to make have. Make it interesting. It was, Come on. If it was a. Hologram, I mean, and you're looking at a stadium that's circular, you'd have to really, I mean, it'd have to be a huge piece of equipment to hologram a full person that's, thir- you know, Tupac looked really, Tupac, Tupac looked really good, you know, at Coachella. But it was a flat screen. It was not a flat screen. It was happening right, live image, right on stage. It was a hologram. If you looked at it from any one direction, that's what you, you would see. You could see it. Yeah. And, well, if you, and if you look at the stages uh, in the history of the Super Bowl, you know, they do block off a certain part of the stadium, you know, but give me a hologram. Put it right in the middle of the stage. So that would be That's your choice, cool. a hologram. Of some type people. of hologram. Uh, some other ones that I think would be pretty that, – that could pull it off. Um, uh, give, me, give me Guar. I want to see Guar doing a Super Bowl halftime show. That would be, that would be cool. I think that would really catch people off guard a little bit. You know, and really make people go, wow, okay? Because Guar, you know, it's football, right? Guar, you know, they're stage, they're, they're big, they're larger than life, you know? Of course, you'd have to be careful what they would actually sing about, right? You know, how that would work. But, you know, do they have any top 10 hits? No. But would they be interesting to watch for 12 minutes on a stage? Absolutely. You know? And you got Metallica, you mentioned, you know, uh, Justin Bieber, let, you know, let, let, let the beeps. Let the Beebs have halftime show. You know who I'd love to see is Buddy Guy with like maybe Eric Clapton, Buddy Guy, some great guitar players. Well, blues medley. Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, throw, throw Jack 
white in there. Well, M&M. Know? Put a bunch of M&M. M&M. Jack White. Great. Yeah, I mean, a bunch of great guitar players. Throw them in there. Um, and then what about Police Reunion? Police? Yeah. You think so? You think Sting would come back? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'd like to those see guys it. Again? I'd like to see it. I don't know. Um, I don't know. But, you know, th- those are the things that I would I'd appreciate and like to see again. Yeah, so, I, I mean, don't know. I, you know, I think there's a lot of hopefuls, and, and we'll just see what, again, um, it's amazing how many people, historians, that talk about, you know, live music and talk about the Super Bowl, um, they'll tell you it dictates what is going on in, in pop culture. So it may be that some of those people we mention, their time's up in pop culture. So you may not get a chance. Yeah, who knows? Who knows, you know? Um, now, my suggestion is use social media to pick who the next artist will be for next year. Yeah, I don't know what they're doing, you know? There, there, there seems the to be pick. some kind of disconnect in using the technology to really, you know, pull something like this off. It's just not... They're relying on old concepts for live music, and we're seeing a lot of advancements in, in social media and in, in the concert experience. I don't know why they can't bring these things together. You know, this is, um, it bothers me, you know, to see, to see that. But um, some of the things that uh, were interesting this year, and, I'm, and, and again, I'm curious to see what happens this year, how Pepsi does it. So what Pepsi is doing this year is they're, they're, they're saying they're crowdsourcing the introduction to, to Beyonce, right? So... Crowdsourcing means a lot of different things. Um, and based off of what I've seen so far, what Pepsi is doing is really not necessarily crowdsourcing, and it's really not pushing the live music experience forward. They're essentially pulling Instagram pictures and you know, asking people to tweet, and they're going to, of course, aggregate that and pull that all together. You know, I don't know what it's going to look like, but um, to me, it's not really pushing the live music experience forward using social media. It's just, you know, obviously... They're all about advertising their, their product, you know, and making and showing people having a good time while drinking Pepsi. So that's really the goal. It's really the goal here is not to use social media to evolve live music, right? Um, but we have we have some interesting things we want we want to share with you guys, uh, and and they're examples of real crowdsourcing going on in the concert experience that I think are um, uh, worth checking out. Really exciting. So the first one is out listen. But what, what they do is um, Outlisten is essentially a, uh, an invitation for fans to really take what people have, you know, w- when they go, to their, uh, they go to the show, right, and you have all these videos, people are taking concert videos. So they want to pull all those together and make an actual uh, footage for bands that, that they can use that are created by their fans, so this is this is interesting because this just this just takes another level. What Outlisten is doing is uh, is pretty interesting. It's heading down that right direction. Could they use something like Outlisten uh, to crowdsource the Super Bowl? Absolutely. You know, I think there's there's something interesting there that these type of technologies could be used to tell tell some really good stories. So the next the next one here is uh, Bring the Gig, which is uh, again a pretty pretty interesting concept. Which it's kind of a little bit of Kickstarter, and a, you know, concept where they are essentially saying they want fans to crowdsource and pick the uh, the gig. So you go to bringthegig.com, and the other one we were talking about is outlisten.com. So this this one here is called Bring the Gig, 
And you can say here, bring the gig is a new revolutionary way to fund concerts online. So they're essentially putting the power of what concerts fans want to see and allowing fans to participate, own that, and then be rewarded for that show. So pretty interesting kind of uh, So they actually concept. pay their fans. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's you pick awesome. the shows that you want to do and you make it happen. You crowdsource it. You say, I love this band. This is a great place to show. Come on and, you know, let's, let's make it happen. And then you get rewarded here. So um, pretty cool concept. It's kind of new, but it's pushing us forward. I think this is real crowdsourcing in the concert experience. So the third one that uh, is, is also interesting is called Make, uh, or actually it's uh, SwitchCam. So SwitchCam is kind of, uh, kind of similar to OutListen, but essentially what SwitchCam is doing is that, you know, you got all these people, um, you know, I've seen this in shows before too, right? You know, I have, my, I have my mobile phone and I'm shooting. I look to my left and I see somebody with a camera and I look to my right, I see another person with a camera. And often I've looked at those situations and go, wow, you know, I wonder what that person is thinking um, as they film. Like what parts of the show are they capturing? You know, and I have my part that I'm capturing. I got my emotional connection that I'm making with the show and I'm, you know, doing that. And I got the other person over here. I'm wondering or maybe they're steadier they're than thinking. you. You know, they have a clearer shot. Right. But what SwitchCam allows you to do is, you know, those three people, or it could be four or five or whatever, um, you take your footage, you upload it to the site, and you combine it into a multi-perspective um, uh, viewing experience. Um, and, and I like that because that takes us to that next level of doing some real concert fan storytelling. You know, so you don't just go to the show and know what you experience. But that concert experience becomes more meaningful when you understand what it meant to everybody else around you. Now, with these websites, you That's can go cool. on there as a fan and search for a concert or band that you like mm-hmm. and be able to pick up a video and look at different videos of different shows that maybe you were at. Yeah. And that's all free. It is. Yeah, yeah. Switch cam. Again, this is this is new stuff, you know, and the reason we're sharing this is because we want to spread the word. We want to see these things through. We want to see how these things will evolve, and the more fans use them, the more that the products can evolve, the more the concepts can evolve. You know, these are kind of beta type of concepts, but I think they're worth doing. You know, they're certainly more interesting to me than trying to crowdsource, you know, uh, pictures, you know, for an introduction to a Super Bowl halftime show. This is this kind of stuff, outlisten.com, bringthegig.com, and switchcam.com. I think they're doing really cool things, and I want to see more of this kind of stuff because this takes us, this pushes us, pushes things forward. This is true crowd, you know, this is more crowdsourcing than, than, uh, than that. So those are three examples of, uh, of crowdsourcing. Um, and hopefully in the future, you know, these technologies will evolve and we'll see more of this stuff in the Super Bowl halftime show. Because again, for 12 minutes, I think this is something that, you know, really experimenting and, and pushing it. If it's, if it's not costing people any money, you know, to, to do that. Of course, you know, nothing is really free, right? Somebody has to pay for something. Well, but it seems like it would be a lot of work time to, to experiment. upload video, and, and you're really, you're like a videographer, but you're getting paid nothing to some extent. Well, you're doing that anyways. I mean, Pepsi isn't paying their fans to, you know, to help them make their commercial. They're just saying, talk about our product, use a hashtag on Twitter, and we're going to use your picture. They didn't pay anybody for, you know, for the photos they're, they're going to use. 
they just love their product. So if you're a fan, you love live music, and you really want to share your story, share a cool band, uh, awesome concert experience you had, and then not just keep that to yourself, but learn what everybody else is doing and learn, you know, experience a new band, you know, discover new music, uh, discover a new concert experience you can have. Do this, crowdsource with with other concert fans. That's cool. So we're going to continue to get you know more and more uh, uh, information on these uh, on these folks and on these uh, these companies and products. And I'd, I'd love to have them on the show. I Absolutely, think, I think this would be Absolutely. awesome. And if you've you know uh, you know if you're <clears throat> if you're a fan out there who has done some type of crowdsourcing. Because there's, there's examples uh, like the Radiohead uh, DVD that was made from the uh, Praha show uh, a few years ago. Um, and that was crowdsourced. And that was eventually posted online. And we'll have links to that in the, in the show notes, uh, livefixblog.com, where you can, uh, you can check all this stuff out. And you, re- you, can, you can take these experiences and go experiment with them and then uh, get back to us on that. But if you're doing, already doing some type, some type of crowdsourcing, I'd love to hear about it. Let us know. We'll get you on the show. Uh, you can share your story as well. So, um, but that just about does it for us. Are you excited history. about this halftime show, Paul? I'm extremely excited. We'll see what happens. I, we'll I, see I, if I, Destiny's Child makes an appearance or I not. Saw, I saw some Destiny's Child on your playlist. I love Destiny's Child. I, I love Destiny's you think, Child. You, you so. think they're going to show up at the halftime show this year? Yes. You think so? I, I mean, they're saying no, but I, I don't know. I, I still have a feeling it may happen. Okay. All right. We'll have to wait. We'll have to wait and see. So that's it, everybody. Thanks again for, uh, for listening. And, uh, again, we have a great uh, set of shows coming up. Uh, so stay tuned, and we will see you later. Tonight's going to be a good night. That's tonight's going to be a good night. That's tonight's going to be a good night.